Have you ever wondered why it's difficult to give your attention, energy, and take action on what matters the most to you? Or to speak up with clarity from the best part of yourself? If that's you, then you're in the right place. The follow-through formula is dedicated to providing daily inspiration for you to follow through on the real you. Overthinking. I do a lot of that in my life. How about you? Are you an overthinker? Do you put a ton of thought into things that are important before you ever get to them? Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? How should I do it? How will this be received? I only realized in the last couple years of my life that I've lived with generalized anxiety disorder for a long time. And I, didn't e- and I didn't even know that's what it was. In some research I've been doing, in some research I was doing on my book, Confident Under Pressure, which I wrote several years ago, I was looking into anxiety and stress and what it is, and I ran across these tests that you can take. Um, they're pretty easy to find various online tests to determine your level of anxiety and I started just experimenting with these and realized I've had generalized anxiety disorder for as long as I can remember and one and one aspect of anxiety is overthinking getting stuck in your head and spinning your wheels and that was happening to me this morning I woke up I went to bed early and I've been waking up early lately 4 or 5 a.m. And I was laying there in bed and my mind started spinning its wheels about today's episode. And what should I speak about? And what if I don't find something good to speak about? And what if I go into my little shower stall and I sit there and I don't have anything to say? And then people won't like the podcast and then they'll stop listening to the podcast and then I'll be really disappointed because the download numbers will go down and I'll probably start getting some bad reviews people saying that I've lost it and it was good for a while but now it's not good anymore and then the podcast will kind of collapse and fold and I'll lose energy for it and then I won't have a job that I love and then I won't make any money ever again and I'll starve and my family will starve and we're going to be homeless on the street without any place to go as the world falls apart. Does your mind ever take you down those kind of paths? What's the worst that can happen 
happens in your mind. Have you ever noticed that? The worst thing that can happen happens in your mind, not in reality. The only thing you need to live a successful life is the truth. The only thing you need to live a happy and successful life is the truth. And if you have the capacity to be present with the truth of the moment and your truth in the moment, meaning your very current state and condition, and you can just stay with it and be honest about it and come from that place, you will live a happy even ecstatic, successful life. Because we don't need any more than the truth. What's true right now? What's important for you right now? What's important for me is to speak truth. I'm not talking about some high-level, philosophical all-encompassing, universal truth. I'm talking about what's real right now in this moment. I woke up at 4 a.m. with my mind spinning scenarios, doom scenarios about the podcast. How I could blow it or go in a wrong direction What if I do a terrible podcast? What if this is the worst episode ever? That's what I woke up with. And that's what I'm speaking with right now. And talking about that, I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about being human. I'm talking about the ways, I'm talking about the innumerable small deaths we experience every single day by allowing our mind to create a worst case scenario and not following through because we get stuck in our head, which is telling us If you take a step, you're going to die. And nowadays, since we don't live out in the wild, in the jungles anymore, surrounded by tigers and pythons and bears, nowadays, the deaths that we experience are social deaths. The deaths that we imagine in our minds are social deaths. We imagine we're going to be shunned, criticized, judged, 
abandoned, ostracized, left behind, ignored. If we make a wrong move, if we do the wrong thing, if we don't perform properly, if we're not up to standard, what's the worst that can happen? It happens in our mind. It doesn't happen in reality. What's the worst that could happen by speaking the truth, by living the truth, by coming from exactly where you are, saying what you want, going for the thing that's most important to you? What's the worst that can happen? We are one half step away from living fulfilling, glorious, interesting, adventurous lives. And that half step is a half step that just moves us. And that half step is a step that just takes us from being captivated by negativity bias, which is the propensity for the overthinking mind to imagine the worst and then get hypnotized by it such that we think that is actually going to happen. And we... And that's simply a loss of presence. If you lose your presence in the moment that the overthinking, fearful mind is active. You enter a movie theater with a screen that's so big, you can't extricate yourself from the fantasy of something ter of. You can't extricate yourself from the fantasy of this terrible thing that you're looking at that you're looking at on the screen of your mind, which is projecting this future worst-case scenario. The way through that is to take some kind of action. The way out of overthinking is so simple. It's just to take a step. Take some action, especially to take action in the direction of the thing that's frightening you, that you're overthinking, that you think if you think enough about it, you will solve the problem of taking a wrong action before you act. That's ridiculous. That's not how it works. Life is a process of course correction. And we get the data and information we need to stay on course as we're moving, not beforehand in a fantasy scenario of traveling and moving forward through a void that exists in our mind where we're only imagining what's coming next instead of actually experiencing what comes next. We have to be in our lives and navigate them as they come.
That's the only way to live. And what matters most to you is waiting for you, longing, hoping that you will take one step in its direction. Please, please come toward me. I want you to engage me. That's what, mo- that's what the thing that matters most to us is hoping for, is that we'll just move toward it. Because as soon as we do, it's going to give us feedback. It's like we've got a blindfold on and we're afraid to take a step because we can't see anything. But as soon as you take the step, the thing that wants you to serve it is going to say, oh, a little bit to the left. Oh, not quite so far to the right. I'll guide you. I'll get you here. There's nothing in front of you. The way is clear. Take a big step forward. It'll guide us. We can navigate all the way to our purpose by beginning to move toward it and just listening for the voice of its guidance. It will bring us all the way home, all the way to to what we need to be doing. All we have to do is move, take a little step, move toward it, and take the guidance. That's a thrilling prospect. We live such, we can wind up living such small lives day to day by getting hypnotized by this unconscious voice that's beneath the surface that we don't give our attention to. So it runs unconsciously and therefore it's running us. And it's just this little loop of worst case scenarios and fears about the terrible things that could happen if we step out and try something new and take a risk. We stick with the familiar, tried and true, mundane, habitual steps that can't, by their nature, produce the change that we want in our lives. They can't deliver that. It's just the same old path. We dream of new, more wonderful, fulfilling, engaged, happy, compelling, and compelling lives. But we just don't take that first step, which is the scary step into the outer space of the new. So my goal for this episode is that it's the worst episode ever. This should be the most rambling, unfocused, lacking in clarity or inspiration episode ever. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Gosh, that would be so nice. There's such relief and joy in the worst thing that could happen happening. Because then you're free. 
you're freed up. You don't have to censor yourself anymore and edit yourself and be on guard to make sure that things go the way that they have to go so I don't die. So here I am. 4 a.m. in the morning recording the worst episode ever. And all I have to do is walk upstairs and take the recording and not edit it and publish it while my mind is racing and screaming, don't do that. You're crazy. They'll hate it. Everyone will stop listening. And you've got such a good thing going. This could be big. You could have thousands of followers and listeners and make a living doing this and all your problems will be solved and you'll be loved and adored and then you'll be happy. Only if you don't make a mistake, though. Don't screw it up. Don't just be you because that's going to mess it up. Who wants to just hear about you and the authentic you who you really are? Oh, man. I live from that place unconsciously. And I don't think I'm the only one. Most of us are living from this place, this aggressive, dominating hovering editor that watches our every step and stops us from getting out there, from expressing ourselves, from sharing our our art and our ideas and our passion and our joy. I just... I just want us to be alive. That's what I want for me. And that's what I want for you. Freedom to simply be who you are. Do what you love and the money will follow. That's a book. I don't think I've, I've never read it. But I know that's a book. It got famous somewhere along the way. But how how many of us have actually experimented with just doing what we love and then seeing what happens if we just do what we love? Well, what happened if you just did that for a day or a week or a month? If you really just did what you love... I don't think I believe I'll be taken care of if I do that. I think something bad is going to happen if I just do what I love. Four AM is a very good time to be alive. The early morning hours are these glorious 
unclaimed territories. There's nobody up, there's nobody around, there's no distraction from the truth of the moment. It's a chance to live into possibility. It's an empty space where it's pretty easy to put your attention on what matters most. And it's pretty easy to have time to take action on what matters in the early morning hours. It's such a great time to be alive, to be awake, to be alert with yourself in the early morning hours. And I think research has shown that going to bed early is best for you anyway. I heard somewhere that every hour of sleep you get before midnight is worth two hours of, of sleep that you get after midnight. I don't know if that's actually true. But it seems like when I go to bed at a decent hour or early even and wake up early, I'm in a, a very good state of mind. I feel very rested when I've done that. So there you go. My rambling, unfocused mind stream of an episode. The worst episode yet. Episode 23. That'll be the title of the episode. The worst episode so far. What a relief. What a joy to let the worst that could happen happen. It's kind of like being in utter darkness and being scared of the dark. And when you go into it and you sit there for a while, you start realizing, oh, I can actually see a little bit here. And the more you just hang out there, the more your eyes adjust to that darkness and you realize you can navigate when you thought you wouldn't be able to. The worst thing that I could imagine happening when we moved into our home here, our new home, in January of this year was that I would get less speaking work than I have in the past. That's the worst thing that I could imagine. What actually happened was my entire year of speaking work got canceled. (laughs) I lost every shred of work 
And I, I just said a few minutes ago, the worst thing that can happen happens in your mind. But I, could, I didn't even imagine how bad it could get. I did not imagine that I would completely lose all of my work. But here's the thing about why this is true that your mind imagines the worst thing. Because as it imagines the worst, it doesn't include the best thing that could happen. So here's what I mean by that. Here's the example. So my mind was imagining I would have a significant downturn in my speaking work, and that would be scary and hard because we've just moved into a new home in January with a bigger mortgage. Actually, I had no mortgage before that. We had a paid for home and we moved to a home, a more expensive home that we love with a significant mortgage. And then I lost all my work. But what my mind couldn't anticipate is that after, let's see, how long has it been? I was around 18 when I started traveling for work as an entertainer, speaker, and I've been traveling ever since, and I added it up the other day, and I realized that I haven't been in one place for more than four weeks at a time in, what would that be, 18 in 40 years. So in 40 years, I haven't been in one place for more than three or four weeks at a time up until March of this year. In March of this year, and I lost all my speaking work, I got to stay home and I have been home for, what is it, nine months now? Eight, nine months. And it's been extraordinary. I had no idea what it's like to have continuity of place. It's so wonderful to be home. In this way, COVID has been a huge gift to me. Now, please don't take my languaging of COVID as a gift with any offense. I know it's been horrible and terrible in so many ways for people economically, and I'm in that bucket, but economically or health-wise, um, in many respects, the disease has wreaked havoc with our lives. But all I'm saying is that when we imagine the worst that can happen, like for me, the worst being I could, I could lose some speaking work, I've lost all my work. And yet, I've been given this incredible gift of being home 
and allowing my body to rest and heal from 40 years of constant travel. And when I was doing that, I loved my work. I love presenting to people. I love being a speaker and entertainer and doing face-to-face -face live shows with people. But I also was not aware of the toll it was taking on my whole physiolo physiology and my system and more than anything, my relationships with my family. I've never experienced this in my life. I've raised two kids who are now grown and I have such sadness that I wasn't there with continuity. And I'm not trying to, you know, whip up some terrible thing or beat myself up that I wasn't there the way I should have been as a dad. It was what it was. And my kids got the example and the model of somebody who loves their work. So there's a lot of things they got from me based on the work that I did. But one thing they didn't get is continuity of my attention and my presence. And I can't reverse that. I can't take that back. But it's okay for me to be sad about the fact that I just didn't have that with my older kids. I don't love them any less. But I just want to say, it makes me want to say to them, I'm so sorry because I know what this feels like now to be in one place and to be there every morning when my kid wakes up, my 11-year-old when he wakes up, and to be there when he goes to bed and to see my partner, my life partner every day. It's wonderful. It's a joy. It's so nice to have a routine and be able to stick with it on a daily basis instead of bouncing all over the map and being up at wild hours and traveling all over and bouncing around and being in endless number of hotels, moving from place to place, So there are always upsides of the worst-case scenarios that we can't imagine until we get to live the moment that's given to us. And once we're in the moment, we find our way through. We find the upsides, we work with the downsides, and we apply our creativity and ingenuity and adaptability to whatever we've got and we thrive and we move forward there you go thus concludes the worst episode yet of the follow through formula podcast and even though it's the worst it's still an example of follow through 
And follow-through just requires moving forward with action. So please, take action today on what matters most to you. Whatever's calling your attention, whatever dream you've got, whatever you've been wanting to engage for so long, that great idea you had for a business or a piece of art or a poem or an event you want to run or a meal you want to cook or something you want to learn or an instrument you want to play or a person you want to be in more of a relationship with or a project you've wanted to do in your house, a renovation or a body that you want to live in that you could be creating through exercise. What have you been dreaming about? What's been calling your attention? Move toward it. Take a step. And just keep doing that. Then you get the joy of life showing itself to you day after day. Piece by piece. Hooray, hooray. This has been episode 23 of the Follow Through Formula Podcast. And I'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Hey, thanks for being here and being a die-hard listener down to the last decibel. My vision for these conversations is that you get informed and inspired to take consistent action on the real you. If these podcasts help you to do that, I'm thrilled. And if you'd like to take that work to the next level, I invite you to join me inside the Life Leap community, where I'm creating a culture and a support network for those who want to pursue what matters most in their lives. To learn more, just go to gamesforconfidence.com and click on the Life Leap menu item. I'd love to see you on the inside, and otherwise, I'm sure we'll meet again in another episode.